welcome to Steeler Country episode number three. I am Tony Serino, and boy, we have a lot to get to this week, don't we? We have, I mean, a lot has happened over the past week. I waited until it's Wednesday evening, about 11 o'clock at night. Wanted to make sure the dust settled from the start of the legal tampering period in the National Football League because, you know, I just had a feeling the Steelers might make some moves here, and certainly there were going to be moves for players in the Steelers' orbit, like uh, you guys like Bud Dupree, Mike Hilton, those guys, so... Wanted to make sure we had uh, a lot to talk about today, and boy, do we ever. Let, let's do some table setting here before we get to this, you know, free agency and what happened here. First of all, the Steelers did do some restructuring, right? We talked last week about how the Steelers could create some cap space for themselves. They want, they're likely going to want to do that, um, and they did. Did they restructure Stefan Tuitt's deal? No. Did they give Steven Nelson an extension? No. No, instead, they restructured the deal of fullback Derek Watt, saving them a whopping $880,000. Now, look, salary cap goes down by $20 million. Every little bit counts. And so I get it, right? Saving $880,000, that's a player, right? That is legitimately their ability to bring in another player to this roster. So I get it. I know fans might be a little disappointed because some fans would probably feel like, hey, you could have cut Derek Watt and saved even more than that. And that's true. You know, and, and I know fans were disappointed last season about, about Derek Watt's usage and the fact that, you know, this was a guy who was brought in as a fullback, and I think he played that position, what, once? And it was not a fun experience, right, when he, when he missed the, the, the third down, or was it a fourth down conversion, regardless. Um, he was a much better special teamer, though, right? You got to give him credit for this. He was at least a good special teamer. That's where he was used. That's where he was at least good. No, he didn't get used at fullback, but let's also not forget that Randy Feekner was the offensive coordinator last year. Uh, and so with Matt Canada coming in, potentially you could see him being used more. I don't know. I mean, you know, certainly there's going to be a, uh, a re-emphasis of the running game, and maybe part of that's going to be the use of Derek Watt. Regardless, they weren't going to cut him because Derek Watt, I think, was brought in originally to be a special teamer, even though he, you know, position on the roster, position on Wikipedia, says fullback. Uh, you know, he was brought in to be a special teamer. That's what he's going to do again in 2021 so this guarantees that he will be there now because uh, they restructured his deal the other big thing the Steelers did I think this might be the most consequential move the Steelers made this week was getting Kevin Colbert to commit to one more season with the Steelers the general manager of the Steelers has taken it year to year now as he's pretty much entering the end of his career and he knows that right he's ready to retire pretty much any year now he's kind of taking it year to year I don't think it's any coincidence that he chose to re-sign with the Steelers for one final year. Um, I shouldn't say one final year, but one one more year, right after he got the deal done with Ben Roethlisberger uh, to bring him back for one for what is going to be one final season for Ben. You know, he got that cap number down, the void years and all of that, right? I don't think it's any coincidence that Kevin Colbert decides, yeah, you know what, I'll stick around for another year, being that I got, I got Ben to come back, right? We know that this window here, right, the window of having Ben Roethlisberger, having this franchise quarterback within the, within the uh the organization it ends this season i mean this is ben's final year uh, and so i think kevin colbert wants to come back you know to cash in on that a little bit right hey if they win a if they win a super bowl eh, i'd like a ring for that you know um but what's what's it more exciting because right? look this means kevin colbert will be around past the draft or his his contract was scheduled to expire at the end of the upcoming draft in april this means he'll be with the team through next year's draft so his contract now ends after the 2022 draft and so what that means is that he's not only going to be a part of this team for for this season and this offseason and putting together this 53-man roster 
and you know all of the things that are going to happen throughout the season if you deal with injury and you need to sign a player or do a trade or whatnot like the Steelers have done in years past he's not just going to be a part of that he's also going to be a part of the post Ben Roethlisberger Steelers so Ben will retire likely in February of next year or his contract will void so he'll just be out of, out of the Steelers organization but then the Steelers begin life without Ben what does that look like does that mean bringing Mason Rudolph back? Does it mean going out in free agency and getting a quarterback? Does it mean going in the draft and moving up and getting a guy or you know taking a guy wherever they are, right? All of those decisions that I just talked about, those are going to be decisions now that Kevin Colbert will make, uh, you know, maybe as his last act as Steeler general manager. It's exciting because Kevin Colbert is a, you know, he's a, he's a great, he's been a great, great general manager for this team over the past, you know, however long it's been, 20 or so years. Uh, Colbert has been, you know, really just look at him in recent history and how good he's been in the draft. Right? 2017, look back at that 2017 draft class. T.J. Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, and I believe Cam Sutton was a part of that class as well. It's an incredible class. And you just go back, as I talked about last week, go back to just last year's class. Right? They didn't have a first-round pick. Why? Oh, right, because they traded it for two-time All-Pro, Minka Fitzpatrick. They also now have Chase Claypool, who's going to be a starter this year, Alex Highsmith, who will be a starter, and Kevin Dotson, who will, yeah, he'll be a starter too, right? I mean, again, we're just talking about two draft classes in the last five years. We're not even talking about all the things he's done prior to that to keep this team competitive. They have not had a losing season under his watch. And so, uh, you know, the, the Steelers, actually, they might have, no, they had one in 2004. I take that back. Um, but, you know, Colbert has kept this team relevant for many, many years now. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do next season when this team is going to be more flush with cap space. They likely will have... Uh, you know, the ability in the draft, given the compensatory picks that they'll have, to move up a little bit if they need to, if they want to take a quarterback. Uh, but I'm excited to see him, even if even if this is the last year. And I, I think this might be. I mean, I do think Kevin Colbert and Mike er, and uh, and Ben Roethlisberger, their careers are kind of aligned here when Ben goes and then Colbert goes. But it's exciting that Colbert's going to have at least one more shot at rebuilding this thing before he rides off and Ben Roethlisberger rides off. And this team moves on to life without Ben Roethlisberger and without a franchise quarterback. The other news here before we get to free agency is that the Steelers were awarded a fourth round pick for losing Javon Hargrave a year ago. Big for the Steelers. It now means that they're going to have five picks in the first four rounds of this season. And we start talking about who the Steelers were able to re-sign and who they weren't. You'll see this team. They've got some needs, right? <laughs> this team, uh, they got some needs. They need uh, certainly depth at a lot of positions. And so that, that fourth round pick certainly going to help there. That was pick number 140. Uh, then, you know, fringy before it even started, the Steelers did sign a player. It was B.J. Finney, not a new name to Steeler fans. He was here two years ago. He left last offseason to sign with the Seattle Seahawks. He, he, I believe, was a part of the Carlos Dunlap trade. Uh, and so now he he was cut from the Bengals and is back as a Pittsburgh Steeler. He was signed on a one-year deal. And B.J. Finney provides, he provides that flexibility on the interior of the line. He can play center. This is a guy who, when, when Ramon Foster went down, when David DeCastro went down, and even when Pouncey went down in years past, he was there to step up. He was kind of the first man off the bench. So right now, that you can pencil him in as the assumed starter at center, but there's still more to come here in free agency, more more to come in the draft. But Finney right now fits that. Certainly better than Hastenauer, right? I mean, it's not, Finney's not a great fit at center, but he's certainly better than Hastenauer right now, and the Steelers can still upgrade that position. But he certainly provides depth that the Steelers didn't have prior to, prior to uh, bringing Finney back. They also got some re-signings done before free agency started. They got Ray-Ray McLeod back. Uh, Ray-Ray was a returner last year who was explosive at times, frustrating at times. He can maybe play some some slot receiver 
And with if Juju does leave, again, maybe you can pencil him in as the slot receiver. I don't know. I don't know where the Steelers are going to go slot just yet. But Ray Ray comes back, uh, presumably as the kick returner, and we'll see what he can provide as a wide receiver. Robert Spillane comes back on a one-year deal. Spillane, you know, played the majority of last season as the uh, as the starter after Devin Bush went down. Spillane was great. Uh, certainly can be that kind of run-fill type linebacker the Steelers want, and I think they're excited to bring him back. They also are bringing back Marcus Allen on a one-year deal. Marcus Allen, uh, you know, interesting player because I know Steeler fans, look, they, they certainly weren't excited about what he brought last year at that linebacker position, and nor should you be. He was certainly not good. But let's not forget that he was transitioned from safety to linebacker very late in the process. And in an offseason where we were dealing with, with COVID and all the the, the, uh, the ramifications of that without, you know, really without an offseason whatsoever, no OTAs, no, you know, no mini camps, none of that, and a very weird training camp, uh, Marcus Allen was transitioned from safety to inside linebacker in that environment. So give him an offseason now where, you know, he can really work with the inside linebacker coaches, right? And, and understand that role for a full year now, having a little bit of experience under his belt last season as he did get playing time there, especially in that game against the Bengals late in the year. Not a great performance for him. Not, again, not, not good, but give him an opportunity to have a full offseason to learn the position. Let's see what he can do. Again, depth player right now. They still have Ulysses Gilbert. They have Spillane still. So Allen's another, just another guy at the position. Uh, an interesting note here, the Steelers chose not, chose not, to tender edge rusher Ola Dini. Now, look, this this is surprising to me in one way, in that in that the Steelers are kind of creating a problem for themselves here. They don't really have a lot of depth at edge, right? We talk about Bud Dupree leaving, and that's fine because the Steelers have Alex Highsmith. But you lose Ola, and all of a sudden you got a problem with depth because you got TJ and you got Alex Highsmith and you got. Not a whole lot else. So uh, edge rusher is going to be a priority, I think. Uh, maybe in free agency, as we talk about this next week or so, Marcus starts to cool down. The Steelers can get a cheap free agent to come in. Certainly, I think they'll want to. Uh, maybe even in the draft. I think that, you know, taking another edge rusher there, you can't have enough good pass rushers. Um, so, you know, Alex Highsmith will be the starter. But behind him, without Ola there, is you know, it, it leaves a hole. Now, I will say this, right? It wasn't like Ola Dini was lighting it up at the end of, at the end of 2020, right? Remember, in that game against the Browns, Alex Highsmith goes down with injury. Who comes off the bench? Was it Ola? No. It was Cassius Marsh. Cassius Marsh came off the bench, played the majority of that game, and he was um very bad. He was very, very bad. And if that player is getting all the reps, if Cassius Marsh, if Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin are watching Cassius Marsh play that poorly, and they're like, yeah, but Ola would be worse. Right? If their thought on the whole sideline was, yeah, but Ola would be worse. Based on what we've seen in practice, Ola would be even worse. And they didn't put him in. What does that say about where Ola was at the end of last season? So disappointing to see him go because it does create this problem for them. It's clearly, much like where Justin Lane is right now, when we talk about the fact that Justin Lane couldn't get a hat over James Pierre, and so do we really think that two years from now he's taking over for Joe Hayden? Probably not. Right? Ola Dini probably wasn't going to be the first edge rusher off the bench after TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, even if he was brought back on a one-year deal. So the Steelers will certainly have to address edge as we uh, as we move forward all right so let's now get to what the Steelers did in free agency they weren't gonna look we, we talked about this last week they're not gonna be big spenders right this is not a team that has a ton of cap space they're not flush with cap space and they're not gonna be able to go out and get the Aaron Jones of the world and the Corey Lindsley's of the world and the Joe Thunes of the world that's just not gonna happen they're not even gonna be able to resign a lot of their bigger name guys and that's exactly 
what we saw. So the Steelers were able to bring back two players and two key players. As I said last week, there were two guys I was almost 100% sure would be brought back, and those were the two guys that were brought back. Quarterback Cam Sutton was brought back on a two-year, $9 million deal. Sutton comes in now as a player who can play both inside at nickel. He can also play outside uh, outside corner. Uh, he can also play safety, so he's got that position flexibility. He comes in on a relatively cheap deal, $4.5 million a year. Now that, you know, as, as we know, will be structured in such a way that it'll be a minimal cap hit this year. I think it's something like $2.75 million this year, and that balloons above $6 million in year two. The Steelers are, are you know, they don't have a cap problem in 2022. It's a very temporary problem for the Steelers when it comes to the cap. So, you know, the, the fact that that, no, that number is going to balloon next season, not really going to be a problem for the Steelers when it comes to the salary cap. And the same can be said for Zach Banner. So Zach Banner comes back, as, as we talked about last week. Mike Tomlin says, you're my answer at tackle. Well, you're only the answer if you can get him under contract. And they did. Two-year deal worth $9.5 million. And once again, this is probably a contract structured in such a way that is very low cap hit today and a much bigger cap hit next season. But very good to get both guys under contract. Because now what you what you have is you no longer have this dire need at tackle. Right? You don't have a need right now where you're like, I literally don't know who's going to play starter ta- starting at left tackle. I just There is not a player on the roster that can do it. Right Now, you at least have a guy in Zach Banner who the Steelers trusted last season to be the right tackle. Remember, Chooksville quarter four started all year at right tackle. Only because Zach Banner tore his ACL in, year, in, in week one. Right? Zach Banner beat out Okorafor in training camp. Yeah, they really liked Zach Banner. Zach Banner was the first guy off the bench two years ago. Right? He was the sixth offensive line. We all, we all fell in love with him as tackle eligible. Right? So Zach Banner's been very good for this team for the last two years. Do they trust him to play left tackle? Seems to me they do. Or at least they trust that they can maybe move Chooks over to left tackle and, and slot Banner back in at right tackle. But I love this signing because, once again, it means that the Steelers don't have this dire need. I know we all we all we do our mock drafts. We say, oh, tackle. Tackle in round one or tackle in round two. And that still may be the case. I'm not saying that's not going to be the case. But that this no longer means that it has to be the case, right? That we're all wa- – if in April it's not a tackle in round one and it's not a tackle in round two, we don't walk away from that going, what just happened? What This is a disaster draft. And it doesn't mean – it means the Steelers don't have to reach at either spot. If there's not a tackle there that they like, hey – we got Zach Banner. We got Chukso Kua for. Certainly still upgradable from this point, but two guys the Steelers like and can start no longer a dire need at the tackle position. Same can be said for corner now. Right? We talked about this last week. Joe Hayden, Steven, uh, Steven Nelson, those are two outside guys for this season, although both guys are in contract years and neither guy has been extended yet, so Steelers work on that. Uh, but they do have Cam Sutton for, another, for now two years, and this means that the Steelers don't have this dire need at nickel, right, where you go, Okay, well, if you really had to, I guess you could play Hayden on one side and you could promote Justin Lane to the starter on the other and kick Steven Nelson inside where he played a little bit in Kansas City. Right? I guess you could do that. You wouldn't like it, right? You don't have to do that anymore. You got Cam Sutton back. He's going to play your nickel. Um, and you're hoping that you develop a guy like Lane or Pierre behind him. And again, corner can be a problem for 2022, but not a problem right now in 2021. So glad to see the Steelers were able to bring those two guys back. I think those were the easiest signings for the Steelers to do, and they did. Now, the Steelers did lose a ton of free agents, as we expected, right? We came into this offseason knowing the Steelers don't have cap space, and they have a ton of free agents who are very talented, and they're going to get paid this offseason, and they did. Uh, so first of all, let's talk about Bud Dupree, the edge rusher who tore his ACL late last year. There's been some questions as to whether or not he can actually start this season, right? When is he going to be healthy? 
sound, you know, if you listen to Bud Dupree and then the talk coming out of Bud Dupree's camp, he sounds very confident that he's going to be ready for, for week one. And when you consider how modern medicine works, right, and, you know, the sports science and sports medicine, he's probably right. I mean, you know, these guys come back from these injuries quicker and quicker as we go. So maybe he will be ready for week one. And certainly the Tennessee Titans are banking on him being ready to go week one because he uh, Bud Dupree signed a deal worth $16.5 million a year, the richest contract that any defender has signed so far this offseason. $16.5 million. Now, Bud Dupree leaving, obviously that's not great news for the Steelers, right? You know, Bud Dupree was a 10-sack-a-year guy for the last two years. So losing that is losing a lot of production. But, but, as a Steeler fan, while, yes, I'm sad to lose Bud Dupree, I'm very happy he got paid. Because here's what that means. $16.5 million to the Tennessee Titans means that the Steelers are now in line for a third-round compensatory selection in the 2022 draft. Again, it's the biggest deal that was given out, and compensatory picks are given out based on the uh, average yearly salary of uh, of the player. So, you know, that, that's how they're given out. So if, you're, if, you, if you have the highest salary given out, you are going to get a third-round pick for that, and it goes kind of works from there, right? There's a whole formula. You can look at overthecap.com. They do a whole... Uh, a whole breakdown of how this works. They do great work kind of projecting where guys are going to slot in. But certainly right now, $16.5 million for Bud Dupree means the Steelers get a third-round pick back for that, uh, which is good news. The next player they lost was Matt Filer. Now, Filer, I, as I said last week, I thought Filer, maybe you could bring him back on a on a smaller deal, right? You know, the, the kind of deal that we saw Zach Banner get brought back on. Nope. He went to the Chargers for $7 million a year. $7 million a year. My goodness. And good for him. Again, Good for him. But let's remember about where Matt Filer was at the end of the season last year for the Steelers, right? Remember, when Filer came back from injury and it was announced that he was going to start over Kevin Dotson, Steeler fans were in an uproar. An uproar that that Filer would start over Dotson. So losing him, again, it hurts. It hurts because from a depth perspective, having Filer there is much better than not having him there. He can play guard or tackle. Great depth piece. But he certainly wasn't going to be a starter, or at least... We assume Kevin Dotson will be the starter at left guard this offseason. So losing him, not the end of the world. Much again, much can be said, same can be said for Dupree, where Dupree is the probably the best talent they've lost this offseason. They do have Alex Highsmith, though, right? So Bud Dupree, great player, 10 sack a year guy, but they did draft Alex Highsmith the year prior, knowing likely that they were going to lose Bud Dupree in free agency. And so Highsmith, you know, again, he's not Bud Dupree level yet, but I thought he was, you know, he was up and coming at the end of last year. You still got TJ Watt. Um, he's still going to be put in advantageous positions because you st- he's still going to be playing on the defense with Stephon Tewitt, with Cam Hayward, and with T.J. Watt. And so, you know, hey, uh, Highsmith will certainly have uh, the ability or the opportunity to uh, to play at a high level, you know, if he can if he can live up to his expectations. Filer leaving seven million dollars a year, I believe. I'll check over the cap.com right now, but I believe last time I checked this, it was a fifth round selection that they were projecting for the Steelers for this. I mean, getting a fifth round pick back for Matt Filer would be a huge, yeah. It's it's $7 million a year deal, so that is going to get net the Steelers currently, and this is all going to change as we go, and the Steelers can sign a player that will, you know, negate this or whatnot, but as we are talking today, that'll net the Steelers a fifth round selection in 2022. Mike Hilton signs, well, this one hurts, actually. This one hurts, because we knew, look, again, I talked about this last week. I thought Mike Hilton would get paid. I hoped he would get paid. This is a guy who's done everything for the Steelers. He has played on basically minimum salary deals for the entirety of his career. And I look, I do, I feel bad um, that, you know, the Steelers weren't able to pay him. And so I want him 
to be able to get, you know, to, to, to cash in now for everything he's done for the Steelers organization. Even if it's not with the Steelers, go somewhere else, cash in, man, get your $10 million a year or whatever it's going to be. Um, and hey, it'll net the Steelers back a commensurate pick, right? Um, but he ends up signing with the Bengals. And that's what hurts. That's what hurts. Because, you know, these guys leave the team, right? Like, I, I love Mike Hilton. He's one of my favorite players on the team. So, you know, go to the Lions or something, right? I mean, you know, go to the Rams like like Duck did. I can cheer for the Rams, right? And I'm going to cheer for the Rams because the Rams and the Steelers don't play each other, right? So I can cheer for the Rams and, and be just happy doing that. And, you know, I'll cheer for Duck. <laughs> but Mike Hilton going to the Bengals, I can't cheer for the Bengals. I'm not going to cheer for the Bengals, right? So, look, I'm happy he got paid. He didn't get paid the number he wanted. He didn't get paid anywhere close to the $10 million a year that he wanted. He got closer uh, to five. I think he got $6 million a year. Um, so, you know, the, the corner market, that nickel corner market, as we talked about, just not, not where I think Mike Hilton and some of these players expected, but it will net the Steelers if, if things work out a sixth round pick and, you know, good for him. Again, he gets paid by the Bengals. I do worry though, we talk about the Bengals and him going there. I worry that the Bengals, you know, you talk to Ace, the, the guy I do uh, AFC North talk with, he covers the Bengals. You know, Ace is not high on that coaching staff, right? And especially that defensive coaching staff. Now I believe they're changing out their coaching staff this year defensively. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe things will go better in 2021, but I just worry they won't use him correctly, right? Because we Steeler fans know Mike Hilton is not the best cover guy. And some Steeler fans will say, oh, you know, I don't like Mike Hilton. He gets beat every time. He's a small guy, not, you know, he's not, so it's going to it's gonna hurt him in coverage. But this is a guy who's great, great around the line of scrimmage, right? I mean, he's a great blitzer. You know, he's a great tackler, physical, good around the ball. Um, and, you know, he's, he's great in the running game. So, you know, he can do those kind of things. All the intangibles for Mike Hilton are there. The only thing that sets him back, really, is his size. Um, I just hope that he, I hope the Bengals use him correctly. I hope they don't just try to put him out there as a pure cover nickel. I mean, they're going to have it. It's going to be a disaster, and I, I hope they don't use him that way. Uh, well, actually, eh, maybe I kind of do, right? Kind of do. All right, let's get to the final one here, the final player the Steelers lost in free agency. And this one hurts. And this one is actually, it's more concerning than it hurts. Tyson Alualu. It was a player I said last week. I, don't, I forget where I ranked him. I probably ranked him second when it came to, you know, we talk about uh, Zach Banner coming back, Cam Sutton coming back. I think I said Alu-Alu was the second most likely to come back because, as I said last week, boy, you can't lose an interior defensive lineman right now. And again, you, I, yes, the Steelers have a great interior defensive line when you talk about Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt. Those two players, the pedigree of those players, fantastic players, both of them. But beyond that, beyond that, who do they have right now? Isaiah Bugs? Carlos Davis? <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, those two those two players are best known for fighting each other on the sideline more than anything they did on the field in 2020. That's what we remember about those two guys. So I don't trust either of those guys to play big minutes going into this season. They needed Alu Alu back. They, they just don't have depth right now. And you certainly, at a position where you really have no depth, you can't lose a starter. And they did. They lost Alu Alu to free agency. Now, the more concerning part here, right? Because, again, we, they lost Dupree. That hurts a lot. But it was for $16.5 million. The Steelers had no chance of matching that offer. Even Matt Filer, $7 million a year. No chance of matching that offer. Mike Hilton, same deal, right? $6 million, that's out of the Steelers' price range. And it's not close to what Mike Hilton wanted. But it's still far outside of what the Steelers were going to want to pay there. But Alu Alu got signed on a $3 million a year deal. Two years, $6 million. Less than what the Steelers gave to Cam Sutton. Less than what the Steelers gave to Zach Banner. And I have to say now, you know, again, and if you structure that in such a way where it's a very low cap hit now and then it balloons in year two, I mean, we're talking about close to, you know, the Steelers could have structured this in such a way where it's close to 
league minimum. It could have been a league minimum deal. So I'm, I'm really concerned here with not just the fact that he went to Jacksonville, but that the Steelers couldn't get him back at that price. It, this couldn't have been a salary issue. And the Steelers should have been able to, to easily match Jacksonville's offer, right, to bring him back into a system he already knows. Now, maybe, look, maybe, I, I don't know Alu-Alu, right? I don't know his personal situation. I do know that he started his career in Jacksonville. He may still have family there. And this may have been more of a personal decision than either a, than a contractual one. And he might have, you know, he might have even taken less money to go to Jacksonville. I have no idea. But it is concerning, right, that a team where, look, we're, this, this team is strapped for cash right now. We know that. They do not have money against the cap to spend to, to throw around. So being able to bring back your own guys, guys that know your own system, right, because, you, you know, you can't overpay for anyone else, and you're going to have to bring guys in and teach them the system and whatnot. That's your priority this offseason. The priority this offseason was not to go out and get the Corey Lindsleys of the world that Steeler fans were, were hammering, you know, and J.J. Watt. Oh, we got to get J.J. Watt. That's never going to happen. But you know what, is, you know what should have happened? Bring back all the priority guys. Right? And the, the, there were three of them I talked about last week. Cam Sutton, Zach Banner, Tyson Alwalu. You just can't lose those guys because you can't be creating problems for yourselves at these positions. So very concerning to me that they lose Alwalu because it does create this dire need all of a sudden at, on the interior defensive line, specifically at nose tackle. And it's, it, it's a position where you don't have someone you really trust there just yet. So I think this, you know, this automatically makes nose tackle now a, a need in free agency. They, they have to go out and get someone much like I would think maybe center is that kind of position right now. When you look at um, the, the roster, right, I think they still need to go out and get a veteran center. Finney, yeah, Finney, you know, certainly better than what they have at nose tackle. So nose tackle might actually be the, the biggest priority right now because they just don't have a player. And, and maybe this, this vaults it up, the needs for the draft. But the Steelers don't like going into the draft with a, with a huge need like that. The last time they did it was at safety in 20, was that, 2018 when they took Terrell Edmonds. Not a great pick, right? I mean, it's just, you know, Terrell Edmonds has been a fine player, right? He's a fine player, especially last season. But, you know, was he first first round worthy? Not really. Not really. So, yeah, I think, I think you know, the Steelers are going to have to get get a, get a free agent at nose tackle right now because they don't have another player. They don't want to go into, into the draft needing a player at that position because then you end up reaching for a player that, you know, is not worthy of the, of the, the draft selection that you took him. So, um, yeah, look for the Steelers to address nose tackle at some point over the next week. Now, there are a bunch of players for the Steelers still out there, right? There's a bunch of free agents for the Steelers that have not been signed just yet. I am recording this Wednesday night. Tried to wait as long as I could here because I was hoping to see Juju get signed somewhere so we could talk about that. He has not to this point. It's not It's not entirely surprising to me because the wide receiver market has been soft, soft. I mean, we talk about the corner market not being where, where people thought it would be, and it's been closer to 5 mil than 10 mil for some of these nickel guys. I mean, the wide receiver market... Kenny Galladay is not getting $18 million a year. And if Kenny Galladay is not getting 18 a year, well, then Juju is definitely not getting $16 million a year, which had been talked about uh, in, in the last couple weeks. Now, I'm not saying Juju is definitely coming back. Like, I, I know I've joked about this in the past. It's a lock. It's all a so-called lock. No. Uh, I said last week 60-40. I thought he could come back. I, I'm, I'm keeping it there, though. I'm keeping it at 60-40. Right? Now, when Godwin didn't get franchised and when uh, Allen Robinson or excuse me, when, Al, when, when Godwin did get franchised and Allen Robinson did get franchised and it took those guys off the market, right, I thought, okay, well, you know, this makes it a little more likely, right, or excuse me, a little less likely that Juju, Juju comes uh, comes back because, you know, all of a sudden, the price for Juju just went up, right? He's, he's now the second best wide receiver on the market. So <laughs> I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. There's no market for these guys right now. I mean, there's certainly not the kind of market that they expected. And the more that price comes down, we talk about Juju, the price coming, you know, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. 
that's the Steelers. That's the sweet spot for the Steelers. Because we talk about the Steelers having no cap space right now, and it's true they don't. They, right now they have what three million dollars in available cap space? Not a lot. Not a lot. But we talk about ten million dollars a year. Well, again, th- we we talk about structuring these deals. It's not flat, right? It's not like ten million dollars this year, ten million dollars a year after that. You give Juju a, a four-year, forty million dollar a year. Like let's just throw that as an example. That won't mean that this year it, they have to account for ten million dollars that this season. No, no, no. You spread that in such a way that it escalates throughout, right? So it might be that it counts for four million this year, and then sixteen million in a year in, in, in a future year, right? And that kind of balances it out. So yes, it averages to ten million dollars a year, but it's not ten million dollars this year. I think the Steelers can make this work. Again, I think the Steelers can. They still have some moves they can do to clear more cap space out. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but there's certainly deals this team can make that they can clear more cap space for themselves. If if Juju's number starts coming down low enough, they could certainly make an offer there. And I, I think they want to. I do. I think the Steelers want to make an offer for Juju. Not just because of Ben. Not just because, oh, Ben likes his boys and, you know, Juju's his boy. No, 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 no. I think the Steelers have a reliability problem at, at wide receiver right now. We talk about, is Juju a number one, right? This is about, oh, is Juju's not a real number one. He's not a number one. Okay. I mean, look, I, I would agree, right? Juju's not like a traditional number one receiver. But in this offense right now, in this Steeler offense that we have, this wide receiver room that we're talking about, where we have Deontay Johnson and you have Chase Claypool, and you have James Washington. And I'll throw Eric Ebron in there because he's the primary target of this team. Who's the most reliable guy out of those out of those four right now? Who's your number one? Who's your number one receiver out of those four guys? Right, do the Steelers have a tri- true number one right now? I think, as I've said before, I think Deontay is the most talented of those guys. But Deontay had some problems last year. I mean, the, the guy's got to get his head on straight before he's going to, you know, reach the kind of potential I think he can he can get to. And you might say to yourself, well, Tony, it's easy. Chase Claypool is your number one receiver. Okay, okay, I will agree. I will agree with that. It's traditional, big body type, right? So, you know, he catches everything that comes around him. Okay, I, I will agree with you on that one, except for the fact that he's a rookie going into his second year. And one of the things he really struggled with last year was getting off the line of scrimmage. And if you're really going to expect that he's going to be the X in big sp- in big spots, right? He's going to go out there in big moments, third and ten, you know, late in the game, down by four, and you know you're going to sign up to play for Chase Claypool. Is he going to get off the line of scrimmage? <laughs> I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to diss Chase Claypool. I'm all in on Chase Claypool being a a great player for this team. The pro there's only one position I have a problem right now at this at this spot, which is the reliability of these guys and who is the who is that guy who is the man in the moment. I think Chase Claypool is going to be great. I, I do. Downfield target, right? Run after catch, all of that. He's been spectacular. But if I'm, again, if I'm in a big spot in the game, who am I going to? Well, I'm not going to Deontay, right? I'm not going to Ebron. I mean, those two guys off the list right now. James Washington? No. So it's got to be Claypool, right? And Claypool's going into the second year. And I said, oh, those problems with Claypool. So I think that's why you want to bring Juju back. Because if, if you have Juju on the roster, well, it's easy. You're going to Juju. Go to Juju in those spots. Yeah. And Juju's got his own problems. But, you know, he has he has made those kind of catches, made those kind of plays. And don't write in the comments about his fumbles against the Baltimore New I don't want to hear it. It was many years ago. So long ago. Who could even remember, who could even remember his fumble against New Orleans and his fumble against Baltimore? So I think Juju's a possibility. I'm going to keep it at 60-40. I'll keep it at 60-40. All right. Next one up here. Interesting one. Alejandro Villanueva. Not signed just yet. And we have heard from Jeremy Fowler who, remember, Jeremy Fowler used to be the ESPN uh, beat writer for the Steelers. So he's certainly got 
he's certainly got uh, guys inside the organization that he talks to, right? He's, he's not saying that the Steelers are interested in Villanueva for no reason, right? He's certainly hearing that from someone inside the organization. We had all assumed going into this offseason that Villanueva's gone, gone, especially after they re-signed Banner. Okay, no need to bring Villanueva back now. We also heard John Clayton say the same thing, right, that the Steelers may be interested in Villanueva. Although John Clayton in that same report, I believe, also said that the Steelers first need to work on getting cap compliant, which, I mean, did he say this like two weeks ago? Because right now, uh, the Steelers are cap compliant. They have been, have been for a while now. <laughs> Catch up, John. So I don't believe John Clayton's report, right? Because again, the easy part of John Clayton's report is, are the Steelers cap compliant? Yes. Right? Then the hard part is, okay, are they talking Alejandro, Alejandro Villanueva? I don't know that. I don't have sources. But if John Clayton is claiming he does, but he doesn't, well, he doesn't, he doesn't know the salary cap situation. Like, come on. I don't I don't buy John Clayton's report, but I do buy Jeremy Fowler's, and it's interesting. Again, th- this is not a player who the Steelers should be able to afford in any way. He's an older player. You're going to have to bring him in on a one- or two-year deal because he's 32, and you're going to sign him for a four-year deal. He's going to be there until he's 36. No. So Villanueva's got to come in on a short-term deal. Well, I expected Villanueva in this market would make you know $10 million a year, and even if it's a soft market for him, five mil a year? No, still no, right? Villanueva wasn't good last year. And I know that the stat will get brought up that, oh, he didn't give up a sack for like the first 10 or 11 games or whatever. Sacks are a quarterback stat. And I'll prove that to you because Ben Roethlisberger got the, rid of the ball quickly all year, for the majority of the year, right? It was quick, quick, everything, quick, 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 quick. And he didn't take any sacks, right? The moment this offense needed to go to a more seven-step drop type of offense, right? Throw the ball downfield. Ben has to hold on to the ball a little longer. What happened? Oh, right, he was under pressure, <laughs> you know, every single play. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, look, the Steelers need an upgrade on the offensive line. You don't upgrade by just bringing the same guys back, right? The Steelers are going to have a new player in Kevin Dotson, who we like. You know, Dotson was good. Zach Banner didn't play last year, so he should, and he's coming off of an ACL, so it's, it's tough here, but he should be some kind of upgrade there. You don't bring Villanueva back, right? You go young or you go different, but you don't go the same and try to upgrade. So I hope the Steelers let Villanueva walk. James Conner, still available. And this is really, a, you know, much like Juju, the running back market, soft. I mean, there's just not a running back market right now. So Conner, if he's going to go somewhere, boy, he's just not going to get a big deal. He could come back from the, to the Steelers, but I, I don't expect that he will. I do expect the Steelers to sign a veteran. Uh, I guess it's possible they don't if they feel like, you know, Benny Snell, you know, if, if the draft doesn't work out, right? If, if uh, Etienne is gone, if, uh, if uh, Najee Harris is gone, if Javante Williams is gone, then, you know, you just ride with Benny Snell. I wouldn't love that, but I guess the Steelers feel like, or could feel like, that. that's fine. I still think they're going to get a veteran. I still think it's going to be someone. I don't know that it'll be Connor. I think they're ready to move on from Connor. Brooke Pryor uh, of ESPN actually said that um, they're ready to move on from Connor. So I expect that they'll move on there. I don't think they'll, they'll bring him back, but they will bring in a veteran, I think. And if they don't, whew, that means they think Benny Snell's the starter. Yikes. Um, Avery Williamson's a player we need to talk about. And the reason why we need to talk about Avery Williamson is because the Steelers cut Vince Williams this week. Strange move. Right? We talk about Tyson Alualu, right? not being able to bring him back. Maybe that was a, a function of him wanting to just go back to Jacksonville. But cutting Vince Williams before restructuring Stephon Tewitt to clear cap space? That, one, that was a strange one to me. We talked last week about all the different ways this team could clear cap space. You could, first of all, you can restructure Tewitt. Okay? Easy. Here's how you restructure to it. He's got a $9 million base salary. You take that, you move it into a prorated signing bonus, push it out over the next two years, and you save, what, I think $3.5 million, something like that. Right? Easy. Easy way to clear cap space. They do it all the time. I mean, this is literally 
every year how the Steelers clear cap space. They already did it this offseason with Cam Hayward. And as we talked about, uh, they already did this with uh, Derek Watt. So why not do it with Tuit? I don't know. <laughs> they haven't done it yet. They still can. They still can. They haven't done it yet. Also, you can re-sign uh, Steven Nelson. Right? Give him a longer-term deal. He's in the last year of his deal. As, we've already as I've already talked about a million times already, cornerback is a problem next season. Quarterback, cornerback is a huge problem next year. You're going to lose Hayden and Nelson in the same offseason? No, you're not. <laughs> so you better bring Nelson back. Uh, they haven't done that yet. Now, maybe the price for Nelson is, is large, although I don't imagine that it could be because you look at some of the free agent contracts being given out right now to some of these corners, and they're not huge deals. Uh, so I, I think you probably could bring Nelson back on a on a deal that, yes, will be bigger than the contract you gave him prior, right? Bigger than the $8.5 million a year you gave him on the last deal. But it will still bring his cap number down this season and still a way to clear cap space. And the other one, again, it's just shocking to me. Is that how, how, have we not, how have the Steelers not done a deal for David DeCastro just yet? DeCastro is, again, last year of his deal. Now, maybe he wants to retire, you know, and you know the Steelers know that or something. I, maybe. But again, you know, void years are a thing now, Steelers. So, you know, just push some of that money down, you know? I mean, the Steelers need cap space. We, we, we talked about this ad nauseum. The Steelers are up against the cap. In a, in a year where, you know, the cap had to come down by $20 million, right? The Steelers are up against it, much like every team out there. But the Steelers do have some slightly easier ways of getting rid of it, right? Without cutting players. So it's, it's just, it's weird to me that the first move they make this week, well, not the first, because they did the Derek Watt deal. But the second move they make this week is cut Vince Williams. Not restructure to it, not re-sign Nelson, not re-sign David DeCastro. It's cut Vince Williams. Uh, you know, maybe they always intended to do this. Maybe they felt like they were, they were ready to move on. They needed to make this room anyway, right? You know, draft class coming in. They want to re they want to bring in a center. They want to bring in, you know, a nose tackle, right? Maybe. I just, again, it's not like they created this huge need for themselves. I think Spillane just slots right in. It's pretty easy. So it's not like they created a big need. They did create a depth issue a little bit. Because Spillane was a great guy to have off the bench, a great guy to have off the bench, because uh, he could. We know he can start now. So you have Bush coming back, you have Williams there, and then you have Spillane off the bench. It's a great position to be in. Now you have Bush, you have Spillane, you have Ulysses Gilbert, who I like Ulysses Gilbert, but he's he's always hurt. I mean, the, the back injury there is is killing him and killing his career. So. You know, I don't know that you trust him. And then beyond him, it's Marcus Allen, right? And, you know, Marcus Allen is definitely not a fan favorite, and I understand why. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and I, I look, give Marcus Allen a year to learn the position, but even still, he can't be your first guy off the bench. So maybe you did create a slight problem for yourself at linebacker. Uh, one interesting name to bring up there at linebacker, if the Steelers are going to go out and get a linebacker, uh, potentially uh, L L L LJ Fort. LJ Fort's available. He was with the Ravens the last couple years. I just read today that the Ravens are going to cut him for salary cap reasons. So that'd be a great that'd be a great guy to bring in. Now, I don't know if they could afford it because he's. I, I think you know, given that he was brought in on a deal from the Steelers, where you know, again, he, with the Steelers, he was he lost out. <laughs> Here's why he's not. I, I should say this: L.J. Ford's not coming back, and the reason why he's not coming back is just look at how he was treated at the end of his Steeler career. I mean, this is a guy in 2017. After Shazier goes down, right, it's pretty clear to a lot of Steelers fans, like, hey, LJ Ford should start. Like, LJ Ford's your next best linebacker. There's no doubt. Right? Start LJ Ford. He's got to be out there. Every I know he's a smaller guy, but he's got to be your every down guy because he's without a doubt the best linebacker you got. And what the Steelers say? No, we like Sean Spence. No, we like Sean Spence. No, Sean Spence is our guy. And if it's not Sean Spence, uh, you know what? Maybe we'll move Arthur Motes and Edge to inside linebacker. Like, we'll just try that out first. And LJ Ford's got to be sitting there thinking, like, wait, what? 
I'm here, guys. Hey, hey, I'm here. I make plays and I'm out there. Like, yeah, you can play third down. No, you can play a little bit third down. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, play third down. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that LJ Fort, when he left the team, was feeling like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love the Steelers. I would love to come back. Um, so I don't know that LJ Ford will come back. I think he'd be a good option. I think he was a good player when he was here, uh, but I don't know if he'll, he'll come back. So Avery Williamson may be a guy to bring back here, right? Again, a guy who was with the team last year, certainly not going to be a big market for him. You can see him brought back, depth piece behind Spillane, and it certainly would more solidify, not, not that you loved Williamson last year, but it certainly would more solidify that spot from where it is today. The last one here is Chris Wormley. I have to bring up Chris Wormley because defensive lineman who... <laughs> The Steelers are just lacking those guys now without Aluwalu. Uh, I could see Wormley being brought back. I don't know that he, I don't think he can play nose. Uh, so this would be a piece where you bring him back uh, to to spell both to it and Hayward, which is a spot they need to address. It's a problem last year. Right? You had to play. I mean, they were playing to it and Hayward like you know eighty percent of snaps last year, and they were tired at the end of last year. I mean, they just, again, the rotation there is just a problem because it's, it's there's such a huge drop off, and that and that is always going to be a problem, and that speaks to how good Hayward and to it are. But man, you know. You just you can't go into an offseason with Isaiah Bugs and and uh, Carlos Davis as your best two uh, interior defensive linemen outside of Hayward and Tua. Just can't do it. So um, Wormley is another guy I think to look at. If they're going to bring people back here, I think Williamson and Wormley are the best are, are the the most likely of the two. Uh, you know Juju's a long shot, but you know I, I think there's still a chance that number starts coming down. We know the Steelers want to get that deal done, so um, we shall see. Villanueva, I hope not. And then Connor, I don't think that, that he's coming back. So, where do the Steelers go from here now? Well, the first thing they have to do is they probably still have to clear some more cap space. Right? I mean, you know, they only have $3 million right now. And, you know, rule, the rule of 51 works in a weird way where you only get charged for the top 51 contracts on your on your roster throughout throughout the offseason. And so, uh, figure that whatever whatever the cap charge is year one, you have to subtract from that the, the salary that's coming off the list, right? Because you're ex exchanging there. So, you know, that, that's why the cap numbers will always be strange. Like, can't... Cam Sutton gets brought in on a $2.75 million deal, but the cap number only goes down by 2.1, right? Because, like, the $660,000 contract came off. Anyway, the Steelers need to clear some cap space, right? Long story short here. they got to clear some cap space still. I think the Tuit deal is still coming. I hope a deal for Nelson is coming, and I hope a deal for DeCastro is coming because I'd like to at least see some money get pushed. I think maybe even you could see some void years getting added to Hayden's deal, or maybe you just extend him out another year, right? I mean, again, the Steelers are going to have a problem next year at outside corner, um, so maybe you just see an extension done there, but those are ways, easy ways. Don't cut a player. Don't cut anyone. Don't cut Joe Hayden, right? No cutting him. Extend some players out, create some cap space for yourself and go out and, and they do. This is going to be this, this next week or so is going to be the time when the market starts to cool off, right? We have the big, the big contracts were all given out. Now the market starts to cool. And this is when the Steelers come in and they poach, right? They poach the guys who didn't get the deals they wanted or our values at certain positions. Positions to watch for, running back, of course. As I said, you know, not going to be Connor. Could be a veteran. I, I brought up the name Malcolm Brown before, but there are a lot of running backs still out there because it's a very, very soft market. You might be able to get a player above that level um, for a cheaper deal just because the market's just not there for these guys. It is possible the Steelers don't bring in a running back at all. That would only be if they felt like Benny Snell could be a starter. Tight end is a spot where they, you know, Vance McDonald retired. They could, you could certainly see them bring someone in there. Not a requirement because you have Ebron. And you can just draft a guy to, to supplement there, but the, the Steelers, a, a, a tight end could be coming. D lineman has to be, has to be a D lineman coming. Uh, I think they they just they don't they cannot go and do the draft with the the room the way it is right now. Edge, same thing, just cannot cannot go into the draft with the room the way it is without Ola. Not a whole lot behind 
uh, Highsmith and Watt. So you have to bring someone in at that position. And then center, same thing. They might feel like Finney's good enough there that they can get away with it till the draft because I do think center becomes a pick that you can look at on day one or two. Certainly, I think that will be the case. But uh, there's still the case to be made that, that a veteran should be brought in other than B.J. Finney. But I think those are the five positions right now if I'm looking at. I still think a, a veteran is going to be brought in. Wide receiver is another one. Uh, you know, if, if it's not Juju, who plays slot? Who's your reliable guy? I think, you know, someone like a Willie Sneed or a, a Golden Tate could be brought in, right, just to, to fill in a uh, very low-cost player that can fill into what Juju was doing. Certainly not going to be as good as Juju, but you just want that, again, that reliable guy. You know, Willie Sneed's a good option because look at what he did in Baltimore, right? I mean, you know, he wasn't, didn't light it up, but he was the most reliable player, the most reliable player at wide receiver in that offense. So, that's uh, another, it's another, uh, another dark horse candidate there. All right, that'll do it for me today. That is everything that's happened in the last week in free agency. Of course, much more to come, right? We're just getting started here. We're three days in to the legal tampering period. I don't even, when does the league year start? I think it starts very soon, actually. Might have already started. Who knows? But um, no, the, 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 we're, we got a lot more to go here. I mean, the, the first three days are all about the teams like the Patriots and the Bengals and, you know, teams that are, you know, have a ton of cap space and have drafted poorly and have a ton of needs that they need to address in free agency. The Steelers are not really in that spot. While we here will sit here and go, oh, we have huge needs. You know, we need to get a new edge. We need to get a, a defensive lineman. Like, yeah, they do. You're right. They do. But not like these other teams do. And that's why they're going out and spending big money. And the Steelers uh, are going to kind of stay patient, get some value deals like they always do. And their focus is going to be on April's draft. And that's where I want to put our focus. So I'm going to give you a second podcast. How about this? A second podcast this week. Um, it's going to be all about the draft. We've had pro days happen over the past week or so, and I want to update you on which Steeler uh, scouts were at these pro days, so which players are the Steelers potentially targeting uh, in the upcoming draft, and we'll start to do some previews of those players. And then early next week, check this out, Nick Fairbaugh. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If not, I will correct it when he's on the show, but he will be on the show early next week. He is the Steelers writer and I believe a draft analyst for... for Pro Football Network, PFN. Uh, so he does great work there. Excited to have him on the show. Talk not just about what the Steelers have done so far and haven't done so far in free agency, but also just start breaking down some of those draft prospects as well. So look for that coming up again. A draft podcast coming later this week. And then early next week, Nick Fairbaugh of Pro Football Network. Thank you all for watching and listening. Again, this is an audio podcast and a YouTube, po uh, YouTube show. So if you're watching this on YouTube, first of all, thank you. Hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And if, if you prefer this in audio form, you can find that. Search wherever you find podcasts. Search Steeler Country and you will find an audio version of this show. And if you're listening to this show in audio form and you'd like to see the video version, well, head on over to YouTube. Search Steeler Country. Subscribe there. You'll get all the video content. Uh, not just including this podcast, but some of the more uh, video-only content that I do as well, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country, and I'll be back later this week with a draft with a, a, a pro day update right here on Steeler Country.